You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name, it's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're doing well out there. The interview subject that I've got coming up for you, it's another special one. Gosh, they just keep on coming on the podcast episode. I'm so grateful to be able to bring you conversations with all of these legends, and this one, it's Carl Sanders from the US death metal outfit Nile. Now, the reason for the conversation with Carl is to promote Vile Vitriolic Rites, which is the band's new album for 2019 it'll be released in november apart from that we talk about a few other episodes throughout carl's career he's a good bloke and i really enjoyed having this conversation so here he is carl sanders from the band nile hey mate how you going uh, doing fine and you sir oh, i'm very good yeah it's a sprightly 5 30 in the morning over here mate but i'm up anyway oh fuck man that's <laughs> fucking do you do you want to like do this uh you know a little later would that be better for you no this is perfect and you know why because i've got two young daughters age four and six and believe me this is the time of day when they're not up so you can't hear them yelling in the background <laughs> so uh, yeah. dude I, I know it exactly what you're talking about i i had uh for most of Niles' career uh my son and the yeah. only time i could get any work done was you know after he went to bed yeah, it's a lot like that, man. And um, the mornings, I, I don't mind the mornings, to be honest with you, because it's when the, the sky is the clearest, you know, you can hear the birds out there. I tend to get, um, you know, have a couple of peppermint teas, that sort of thing. It's, it's uh, you know, you never sort of look forward to getting up at that time the night before. But I think once you're up, you know, after five minutes of being up, you're ready to go and take on the day. You know what I mean? I sure do. Fuck yeah. <laughs> cool, mate. Well, look, I've got to tell you, from the outset, I've been a fan for uh, about twenty years. Okay, uh, ever since no Nef- ever since wow. Nefren Carr. Yeah, about as long as I think is you'd find a fan in Australia actually. And the album of yours <laughs> that that I really got into and probably still listen to to this day is actually Black Seeds of Vengeance. And I remember being over in the United States actually when I was travelling around there, and and that was a great companion to me. So a lot of my memories actually of the United States are wrapped up in Nile if you can believe it. <laughs> you know. It's funny how music is like that. You know, we associate, you know, music with places and people, um, and it really sticks with us. It's it crazy does. how that works. It does, yeah. And I've always loved the best thing about your music, apart from it being, it's, it's okay, so it's beautifully crafted, but it's intricate. It's a lot like a, you know, you are a, you are a musical representation of a hieroglyph in so many ways. And I don't want that to come across as a cliche. I genuinely mean that because there's No, just, I think I, I know what you're saying and I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's just so much, um, so much for you to wrap your ears around constantly. And look, I've had this album here, Vile Vitriolic Rights, for about two weeks or so ever since Nuclear Blast put it in the portal. And, and I think from the fans' perspective they're going to be really grateful to know that you stayed the course. You know, this is another album that continues in the grand tradition of music that you were renowned for crafting. It's not not a not a left-field turn, if you know what I'm saying. And, and I know for a fact, mate, that, that Nile fans really appreciate that from you men. So that's the first point that I'll make. You know, I, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, I think it's important, uh, if you really believe in what you're doing, to stay true, to to remain faithful to your ideals and, and principles, uh, the fundamentals upon, you know, which you're built. Hmm. Uh, uh, the last thing I want to do is disappoint fans, uh, which, you know, it's, it's so easy to do. You know, people have high expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was important to us as we move into the future, you know, with the new lineup to have respect for, 
who we are, where we came from, what we're doing, and who our fans are. Uh, you know, that, that really matters to me. Uh, we've taken great care to craft a unique identity. Yeah. Um, so why abandon it? Uh, the trick is to take that and do new things with it, to move into the future with it. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you're spot on. And, and look, you, you talked about the new lineup there, so I guess that that'll be the, another question for you. Um, you know, this is the first album that you've made in in many years without Dallas beside you, and you've brought in Brian Brian Kingsland. So, you know, obviously Brian brings his own flavour and his own take on things compared to Dallas. But what what different things did he bring? than what Dallas would have bought in traditionally because the album, you know, as I said, man, it still sounds like a brutal, brilliant Nile album. Well, you know, I think the songs speak for themselves. Uh, Brian is his own guy. Uh, he brings, you know, his own, you know, unique style of guitaring and, and composition. Uh, he's a different person. Yet, Brian did an incredible amount of homework uh, studying the old Nile albums um, when he joined the band, not only did he learn the songs to play live, but he also watched all the archived, you know, videos for how every lineup in the history of this band played those songs, so that he understood them more than just superficially. You know, he really dug down deep. Um, that level of care and dedication, I think, evidences itself through. Hmm. You know, what we were talking about earlier with, you know, how this album, it's moving forward and, you know, doing new things, yet we haven't abandoned who we are. Hmm. And, and I, that's a testament to the level of dedication and hard work that Brian was willing to put in, you know, to take on this job. Hmm. Yeah, look, it's um, the other thing about the album, too, it's, it's, it's very true with all of your music, though, but, you know, I've got to be specific about this album here. It's really an album best enjoyed with headphones on. So I've picked up a pair of those um, uh, Apple AirPods recently, and, and I think they're really good, to be honest with you. They're one of the best headphones I've ever owned, and I, I, I could just hear so much going on with them. But do you get a lot of that feedback from fans that you're not necessarily... I mean, yes, you're definitely an album that you can crank over the stereo. Of course you are, but you're really one of those bands that you really need to with listen to with headphones in order to get all the full Nile goodness. You know, there's a lot of, you know, subtle elements in, in Nile albums, more than just guitar, bass, and drums, that aren't necessarily immediately obvious. Um, you know, it takes repeated listens, you know, for them to make themselves apparent. Certainly, with the headphones on, you know, you can hear the details, the different things going mm. on in the stereo spectrum. This instrument over here, this layer over there, you know, all those little touches that add subtle flavor and give it personality in life. Hmm. And, and did you end up working with a producer on this one? Because I, I, I think from memory you do most of this stuff yourself, but did you bring somebody in that, to act as a sounding board or was it another one where you just worked, you just basically did it yourself? Well, uh, the recording, uh, the, the producing decisions, you know, that was all done here at my place. Yeah. But uh, I think a key element was... Uh, Mark Lewis did the mixing and mastering, but we also talked, you know, a lot during the production, so that we we're on the same page with stuff. Um, we got, you know, guidance from him, uh, got his thoughts on on how to go about doing things. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
Yeah, production here at my place, uh, but, you know, it was a big team effort you know, from everybody's part, especially Mark Lewis. You know, he did an incredible uh, mixing and mastering job on this. Oh, it's uh, sweet. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. been beautifully rendered, mate. Yeah, it's a saving. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting with you guys because it's uncompromising music, isn't it? You know, and you, and I know you've been asked this question before, but I'm going to ask this, this again for of you because, you know, I think I host a podcast series, so I'm going to release this as a podcast episode if that's okay with you. And yeah, as, yeah, sure. And yeah. are we bleeping out the profanity, or can we say? Oh, no, as... say fucking shit and cunt as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Um, You've been doing this a long time, and you've stayed the course the entire time, and we all know death metal isn't exactly the most commercially um, abundant <laughs> genre you can do, and you are an excellent guitarist, it must be said. You're actually one of the best guitarists in the genre. But, you know, when, when you started out back in 92 or 93, you really, you, you, surely you couldn't have imagined that in 2019, for example, you'd be sitting here having a chat to a fella in Brisbane, Australia, about this wonderful 25-year career that you've enjoyed. You know, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, when we started, we certainly did not envision this future. Um, there we go. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's the wife trying to call. You're right. Uh, yeah, all right. I, she'll probably get mad that I didn't take her call. But Another <laughs> right. um, <laughs> feeling? Trying to work, honey. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> you, can take, you can take the call I, if you need to. That's no dramas. Uh, no, if it's deadly important, she'll call back. Yep. Another feeling <laughs> uh, again. <laughs> we didn't, uh, we didn't envision all that. Our, our minds were not capable of planning that far in the future. You know, we were making music because it's what we love doing, hmm. you know, and that's the thing very much rooted in the here and now. Um, and, you know, coincidentally, that's exactly the feeling that we have right now. Mm. Uh, with this new album is very much rooted in the here and now. We care about making some metal today. What this band can do today. Yeah. Let's bang our heads today. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And and the other thing too, mate, is this wonderful musical partnership that you've enjoyed with George for so long. Um, you know, I remember when, when you had Pete and, of course, and then um, Tony um, in the band and now George. And, and George is really become known as a colossus behind the kid of course he's 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 as equivalent to yourself on the drums in terms of his uh renowned percussive ability if you like so what can you tell us about that relationship are you guys you guys like uh you know is it is it a a working partnership or is it also a friendship as well you know it's it's grown into more like family um Hmm. uh you know working with george has been very much a blessing um it's one of the, you know, few things in my life, you know, where I tried to help you know, someone, and they actually took it and did something good with it, you know, which is actually very rewarding. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it turns out that my wife's family name, uh, on her mother's side, is Coleus, and they're Greek. And mm. they come from an area in Greece that's very close to where George's family comes from. So, uh, 
you know, it's one of these things George and I wonder, are, you know, we now related yeah, that's it. in a far distant way? Mm. Yeah, this is kind of funny. I can't fire him now. He's fucking family. <laughs> it's sort of like this karmic, your paths are linked karmically. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. So, hey, I, you know, a couple of, um, about a year and a half ago or so might have been, uh, I had an email conversation with Helmut from Belfagor. Ah, yeah, what a what a fucking character! Yeah, yeah, yeah. and look, what we did talk about though was um, the the issue that you know that infamous exchange outside of the Russian airport, which people can have a look at on YouTube. And what it came across to me was that you're a stand up bloke, and that you defend your mates. And the episode, damn right, you know, and that that's that's actually, I mean, it's it's of course it's a human quality, but it's a real Australian quality too. So there you go. But you know. You being a stand-up bloke and that you'll defend your mates, the episode did garner a lot of attention. Is that the only time that you've had to deal with religiously motivated idiots? Oh, no. Uh, but this time was the one where, uh, A, there was a camera rolling, but B, the additional complication was they were there to provoke us into a fight mm, so yeah. that we would go to jail, uh, particularly Helmet. You know, that was the goal. The goal was to provoke Helmet into a fight, uh, and whatever it took. If it took physically striking Helmet, that was okay, because we're not Russian citizens. Yeah. We would go immediately to jail. Obviously, you can't play the show if you're in jail. So, you know, I, I had to step in and try to keep something from happening, but yet not strike the guy in such a way that, you know, I would be playing right into their agenda, get in a fight uh, on Russian soil and yeah. go to fuck to jail. So it's a terrible, terrible place that these guys were trying to put us in. Uh, it was a miracle that it did not go any further than it did. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I felt for you guys. I still feel for you guys watching that bloody clip because I can see, you know, Helmet is just trying to bloody walk away, and you're not, you're, you, re I can see how much you want to punch this bastard. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I wanted to so bad, but I knew, man, I knew, and that's like self discipline, just something I've not always had uh, before. You know, I, I've got a a couple of black belts in a couple of different disciplines. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's the word right there, discipline. Before yep. I was trained, you know, I often let my temper get the better of me and would get into all sorts of violent predicaments. Um, but being trained, you, you keep your brain cooler, right? You, you're not easily provoked into just violent outbursts. Mm. Uh, you know, for passion's sake, you know, you can keep your head a little cooler and think a little better. Yeah. And I think that very much benefited me right there. It's the difference between whether I would have beat the living crap out of this guy or not, you know, and, and yeah. not was the correct choice, but I couldn't let this guy, you know, do what he was going to do to, you know, my bandmate and tour mate. Yeah. You know, like I could couldn't stand there and do nothing. Something had to be done. Somebody yeah. needed to do something. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm the same school as you, mate. I'll defend my mates that way too, actually. You know, but um, hey, mate, just a quickie. How much more time have we got? 
well, you are the last guy today, so... Okay, sweet. Know. Okay, yeah. no worries. I've just got a couple more questions. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take as many as, long as you need, because uh, you're the last one today, so there's no one waiting their turn. Sweet. Well, I'll try and try and make it as interesting as I can then, because, th- look, there's another episode from the past, and I hope you don't mind me asking this question here. You know, you were, you, you were a very well-respected artist, as we've already established, and you were one of the artists that Seasons of Mist asked to comment in the press release on the on the <laughs> on the then you know where I'm headed on the then you morbid angel yeah. album, and yeah. and look I've got to tell you I, I've spoken to Trey's mum, uh, I've spoken you know I've I've had conversations with people in the morbid angel camp about the album, and I actually happened to really enjoy it. I've spoken to David about it, but right. from your perspective, when you first heard it, okay, a did you think oh shit it's not going to go down that well, but did the what really disappointed me overall, and it still disappoints me, to be honest with you, is the way fans continue to respond. And some, some, you know, the metal injection websites, you know, all those clickbaity websites. Oh you know, yeah, I fucking hate those clickbait fuckers. Oh, I fucking hate it big time, man. I've never, I'm, I might be a, jur- a journalist, man, and I, I do not engage in that at all. I mean, blabbermouth pick up on my stuff, and more often than not, it's usually very positive because I always focus on the positive, as hopefully you can tell. But, but what one thing, what the question for you is: Did the hysterical response to that album? surprise you because i mean at the end of the day i mean trey's the alpha and omega of this thing really alongside of chuck you know and i agree and and was it yeah i mean was it really disappointing to you to see that the fans and the media reacted the way that they did and they were saying some quite hurtful things toward trey and morbid well you know i got a couple thoughts on this and i think with the perspective of a few years uh you know I can see it clearly. You know, my initial motivation, if if my friends are putting out a new record and they're trying to, you know, promote it, uh, you know, I stand up for my friends. Secondly, what we're talking about are pioneers of the genre, pioneers that without whom uh, the course of metal would be very different. Hmm. Uh These are also guys who helped us have our own career, not just in the broader sense, but in the literal sense, by taking us out on tour when no one knew who the fuck we were. They helped us. All right? So Hmm. I owe them a debt that can never be fully repaid uh, for all the help they gave us early in our career. So if these people that not only we call friends but we owe a huge debt to say hey do you want to be you know quoted you know to help promote the new record you say yes you say yes you know what that's the right fucking thing to do you you stay loyal to your friends loyalty to your friends means something okay that, mm-hmm. that's the school I come from so you know I I, I you know, made a, a nice comment. Did I like everything on that record? No. Is that a nicely made record? Dude, it's very well produced. There are some really interesting things on there. So, uh, you know, I told the truth as I fucking saw it. You know, it was helping my friends. Hmm. And dude, the amount of hate mail that I got for that yeah. was just mind-boggling. People were sending me hate mail. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, yeah, mm. come on. That's that's like, 
It was disappointing, mate, as a fan, that other fans, and I, I, I really, re- it was probably the first time that I really developed a mistrust for the modern heavy metal media. You know, I mean, they did, there was all sorts of weird response videos and all the rest of it, and, and I thought, and there were a few other bands that were asked to comment, but your your voices, I think, was one of the most credible, and, and I can totally understand why Seasons of Mist did that. They had to give it a bit of a soft entry into the market, because it did sound so different, but, mate, to hear that you got hate mail over it, because you supported your mates through this, mate. I don't know. Sometimes I think just with humanity, mate, we've got to get our priorities in order. Well, I would say that uh, humanity is fucked. We as a species are fucking stupid as fuck for the most part, Mm -hmm. with a few bright, shiny examples that give us just enough hope to, you know, maybe, maybe the human race is worth saving, I, I like to think so, but there are times, especially like this, when I start having my doubts. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. But uh, I'll move on to the next question. That is, um, mate, the, the guitar endorsements these days. Are you still with Dean, or um, or have you gone with somebody else? I am still with Dean. Uh, we got a new guitar model coming out in 2020. Uh, hmm. Uh, but I gotta say, man, there are some incredible new builders building incredible new guitars. Um, uh, Perry Ornsby recently built me a guitar that's just absolutely fabulous. Oh, he's an Australian, um, isn't he? I think he's in Perth. He is an Australian yeah. uh, fellow. It's a great guy too. Incredibly talented, builds incredible guitars. Um, and I love the guitar he built me. Uh, but I, you know, like. We uh, touched on earlier. I am a loyal guy. I've been with Dean mm. for 19 years. They've stood by me through thick and thin, um, and that's you know that's the kind of guy I am, man. For better or worse, <laughs> you know, I believe in loyalty. Yeah. yeah, indeed, indeed. So, um, mate, I'll make this my final question for you then. So, uh, you you must know surely that you got a lot of fans down here in Australia. So, are there plans to to visit Australia on the touring cycle? Absolutely. We're working it out for April. Uh, we're going to do Japan and then Australia. Uh, it actually makes quite a bit of logistical sense. Once we're on that side of the Pacific Ocean, you know, to grab as many things as we can. So we're going to try and also work in a few Southeast Asia uh, shows where possible. Hmm. Um, and hopefully four or five Australian shows, whatever the market will bear. We've got family in the Philippines, man. So if you play there, I'll probably try and get along to that show as well. Um, nice. So if you can, if you can get to Cebu, <laughs> hint, <laughs> that'd be great too. Fuck yeah! You know, mate, it's been a pleasure uh, to finally chat to you. As you can tell, I'm a fan. Uh, I've enjoyed your music, and I'll long, I will definitely continue to enjoy your music into the future. Congratulations for everything that you've accomplished, mate. You are uh, you're one of those fellas that deserve every plaudit that goes your way. Well, thank you, Andy. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. I'm, I'm hoping that you will enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, man, fuck yeah! This, for me, this is a great note to end on as well. For you know, carrying me through the rest of my day. Oh, fantastic, mate! No worries at all. Yeah, well, well as uh, good luck with everything, man. And I definitely can't wait to see you guys down here in April. That's for sure. I will certainly be one of the fellows in the crowd. I'll be looking for a hey. We got to drink a beer together. I hope so, man. <laughs> That'd be really nice, man. No worries. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. Okay. Cheers. Have a great day. You too, man. Catch up.
You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was the one and only Carl Sanders from the US death metal outfit Nile. Thanks so much for listening.